welcome to the preaching ministry podcast of Mount Pisgah Baptist Church in Easley, South Carolina. Our goal is to exalt the Savior, evangelize the sinner, and encourage the saint through faithful exposition of God's Word. Well, good morning. I'm glad to be here. When you get my age, you're glad to be anywhere. <laughs> I've had a wonderful time with your pastor. Uh, you know, Stacy's birthday coming up here in a day or two, I think. And so I got to kind of be in on the birthday party. He took us all to Waffle House last night. <laughs> and uh, it was real good. And I got to split a waffle with him. And so uh, thank you, pastor, for that. And, uh, you know, you, you asked the question... After the kind of music uh, that you folks get to hear, and after hearing your pastor and me being aware of what a wonderful preacher he is, what does a man do uh, to try to follow that kind of music and that kind of preaching? Well, you just have to do what you have to do. And so I've had a lot of experience doing what I have to do. When I was a teenage boy, my mother... Uh, on the weekend had a curfew on me. I had to be in at 12 o'clock every night. And so on a night, uh, I was coming in, I had my shoes in my hand, and I was tiptoeing through the hallway, and uh, it was 2 a.m. And my mama woke up and she said, is that you, Jared? I said, yes, mama. And she said, well, what time is it? I said, it's 12 o'clock, mama. And about that time, our cuckoo clock cuckooed two times. So I just stood there and cuckooed 10 more times. I mean, <laughs> sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. <laughs> so I'm going to stand where your pastor stands. You have one of the finest leaders and one of the greatest preachers in all of the land in your pastor. Don't you think that? And uh, he was so good to me, I wound up with six rooms last night, <laughs> myself and my assistant, uh, Alan. So we spent three, I slept three hours at one, then we drove to the next one. I slept three hours and then drove to the next one. So folks, I'm just about worn out this morning. I probably won't be able to preach more than about an hour and 45 minutes, so you'll have to forgive me. But uh, you know, the good news about this service, that early one, you know, it's kind of tight. You have to kind of pack it in a little tighter. But uh, I can come to this service and preach as long as I want. So I hope you brought your sack lunch uh, with you uh, and will hang in here with me. Uh, but no, seriously, it's just great to be here and be with your pastor. And man, to see how God is blessing. The, you know, your attendance is just getting bigger and bigger and better and better. And you're going to build that children's building over here. And you have bought into that vision. And uh, I tell you, the, it's just going to be glorious to see what God does in the days ahead at Mount Pisgah Baptist Church. Well, turn in your Bible now to the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible. And when you get to the book of Genesis, I want you to go over to the fifth chapter. And uh, then when you get to the fifth chapter, I, I want you to look down in verses 21 through 24. So would you stand now and follow in your Bible as I read these verses for us together, and then if you'll just keep your Bible open, and we'll uh, work through these verses together. 
Genesis 5, beginning with verse 21. And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred uh, years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred and sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Thank you, and you may be seated. Someone has said that Genesis chapter 5 is the death chapter in the Bible. To read its verses is like a, a stroll through a vast populated cemetery. To go down through these verses is like a visit to a cold, crowded morgue. It is the death chapter in the Bible. Now, actually, it is also a biography chapter because you begin with uh, Adam in the chapter and you go all the way to uh, Noah. Uh, it, it is also history because it takes us from the fall in the garden all the way to uh, the flood in the days of, of Noah. But it is also a statement of theology as we consider it today that has deep, deep meaning for us. Now, when you go down through these verses, this death chapter, uh, you will notice that there is a recurring phrase. Read the whole chapter, and you will find that it'll mention a person's life, and it will say about them that they died, and then it will say that little phrase, and he died. Uh, it's like the tolling of a funeral bell, and he died. It's like the squeaking wheels of a funeral carriage, and he died. Uh, it's like the dropping of dirt clouds on a casket, and he died. You know, actually, that little statement is a vindication of God's Word. Do you remember the Garden of Eden when the Lord said to Adam and Eve, Don't eat of this tree, for in the day that you eat thereof, you will surely die. And then you remember the devil came in and he said to them, you will not surely die. And it's kind of the decision we all make every day, isn't it? Are we going to believe what God says or are we going to believe what the devil says? And he died and he died and he died a vindication of God's word. It's also an illustration of our own human mortality. The book of Hebrews says it is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. Uh, someone has described life kind of like this. Uh, it's uh, like we are standing on the, the seashores of life and the waves of death are beginning to come in. And a wave comes in and it overtakes your grandfather and he died. And then another wave comes in and your mother's name is on it and she died. One of these days your name or my name will be on a wave and we died. So Genesis 5 is a vindication of the Word of God, but it's also an illustration of our own mortality. It's appointed unto man once to die. And yet right in the middle of this Genesis 5 death chapter, there is a blaze and a brilliance of light because we're told there is a man whose name is Enoch and the Bible says about Enoch that he lived, but it does not say that he died. Enoch is one of the most interesting and unusual and informative characters in all of the Bible. Uh, he makes three appearances on the Bible stage. Here in Genesis 1, and we have a brief uh, biography of the man. 
Uh, he is mentioned also in Hebrews chapter 11, where we are told that he is one of the heroes of the faith. And then he is mentioned in that little book of Jude, verses 14 and 15, when we are told that he was a preacher who prophesied the coming of our Lord. And so here is Enoch. And you notice in the verses I have read, there is a phrase that occurs two times. Did you notice that as we read through these verses? We're told about Enoch, and two times it says about Enoch that he walked with God. Now, one of the best ways in the world to read your Bible and to get its message is to look for the pictures in your Bible. The Bible just abounds with all kinds of instructive pictures. And one of the greatest pictures in all of the Bible is the picture of walking with God. And it is a picture of what the Christian life is all about. Enoch walked with God. And you see, that's an illustration of the whole Christian life right there. Uh, Enoch walks with God. Uh, and so here's the message this morning that I want to lay on your heart. Uh, number one, Enoch walks in. That's the beginning of the Christian life. Number two, Enoch walks on. That's the continuing of the Christian life. And then number three, Enoch walks out, and that's the finishing of the Christian life. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what the Christian life is all about. So follow us now as we go in the life of Enoch. And let's see what it means to walk with God. If I can convince you today uh, of the importance and the glory and the wonder of walking with God, you'll walk out of this building today and your life will never again be the same. My purpose is to give you a burning desire this morning to walk with God on a daily basis. So let's go with it together. First of all, uh, Enoch walks in. In, in other words, it is a picture of the beginning of uh, the Christian life. Now, the Bible tells us for about 65 years that Enoch walked the way of everybody else. In other words, for 65 years, he walked, as Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 says, he walked according to the course of this world. For 65 years, Enoch was just like everybody else. For 65 years, he walked in the way of the world. Jesus talked about that walk. Jesus said, for wide is the gate uh, and broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction, and many there be who go in thereat. So Enoch is walking on a worldly path. He is walking on a path that is going to lead to the judgment of God and the coming of a flood. Uh, his his uh, society, the culture in which Enoch lived, uh, was a rather interesting one. Uh, actually, if you take these two, two chapters that wrap around five, Genesis 4 and Genesis 6, you will have a picture of the kind of culture in which uh, this man Enoch lived. And it was remarkable, really, uh, when you read about it. Uh, it, it was a culture of, uh, of uh, economics. It was a culture of commerce, a culture of industry. It, it was a culture of beautiful music, and uh, it was a culture of, of religion. Remarkable in many ways, but it was a culture that was devoid of any relationship with God whatsoever. 
When you read about this culture in which Enoch lived and learned to walk with God, uh, it's amazingly similar uh, to the day in which you and I live. Uh, Look at the parallels that are very obvious. When you read Genesis chapter 4, for instance, you find that it was a time of uh, social disruption. Uh, All kinds of things were happening in their society. There's a man in that Genesis 4 named Lamech. I call him the first gangster rapper because he had a song uh, basically that said, you mess with me and I'll kill you. We're living in a violent society. My wife Janet and I live in the uh, suburbs of Atlanta, and uh, when I'm home uh, at night, we watch the evening news. And every night, there's a murder, or or there's a hijacking, or there is a rape, or there is a, a robbery. We're living in a violent day. Would you agree with that statement? Uh, it's a time of do- domestic uh, up- upheaval. Uh, marriages are in trouble. The family is uh, under great stress today. Uh, how our family life uh, has changed and how our models, uh, role models for marriage are different. In my own generation, I have moved from Leave it to Beaver to the Cardassians. We're in a terrible, terrible day. Uh, it was a time of uh, all kinds of, of perversions. Uh, he is a polygamist, uh, if you'll read about him in, in the Old Testament. And uh, we have all kinds of perversions today. And uh, there are those in perverted lifestyles who now occupy high places in our government. They stand in our uh, pulpits. Uh, It is a time of confusion, sexual confusion. By the way, could I just say to you, uh, according to the Bible, there are only two genders. Did you know that? Only two genders, not three genders, not 30 genders, not 100 genders. There are two genders. God created people, male and female. And and yet we're we're living in a time of of all kinds of of perversions. Uh, And then it's a time of emotional confusion. You move over into the sixth chapter, and uh, we're told uh, down in verse 5, that uh, the imagination of the thoughts of the heart were only evil continually. That's a picture of emotional confusion. And uh, people are just going to pieces emotionally in our day. Uh, This is the day uh, of the psychologist and the psychiatrist. And uh, if they operate from a biblical worldview, they can be very beneficial and helpful to an individual. Uh, I I heard about a guy who was uh, sitting out on the edge of the pier and he was threatening to to jump in and end his life and they sent a psychologist out there to talk to him. And uh, they talked for a little while and both of them jumped off the pier. We're we're, we're in a time like that. Uh, uh, Something else you will notice about it, it was a time of, of spiritual rebellion. Uh, The Bible says in Genesis chapter uh, 3 that uh, God said in verse 3, my spirit will not always strive with man. God called and man refused to listen. Uh, God appealed and, and men laughed in the face of God. It was a time of spiritual rebellion. 
Uh, now, it was not a time of, of atheism, uh, a belief in no God. Uh, the, they didn't believe that there was no God. Their problem was the opposite problem. It was a problem of polytheism. They believed in many gods. They had all kinds of gods. It was a God here and a God there and everywhere a God a God. Well, that's the day in which we're living we have a multitude of gods in our day. We have isms that I say ought to become wasms. Uh, we have uh, our oriental mysticisms, and we have our middle age legalisms, and we have our new age extremisms, all in the name of, of pluralisms that ought to become wasms. Uh, we're living in a time of uh, spiritual uh, rebellion. It was a society that was under the judgment of God, and it was headed for the flood. And then there was a silence. And then all of a sudden, there was the sizzling of lightning and the clapping of thunder and uh, the uh, torrents of water and the screams and the shrieks of individuals. And then there was quietness, and all that was heard was the lapping of water against an ark. It was a society that was headed to a flood. Ours is a society that is headed to the fire. That's the kind of worldly walk that Enoch was in for the first 65 years of his life, and it may be the society in which you are living and performing in your life as well. And yet the Bible says Enoch walks with God. There had to be a point where Enoch walks in he had to begin a different kind of life. I don't know exactly how it happened, but, but somehow God broke through the pagan darkness of this man, Enoch. And somehow God got the message through to Enoch, Enoch, there's a better world than this world. And Enoch, you don't have to walk on the broad road, but you can walk on a narrow road that needs, leads to life everlasting. Uh, and uh, Amos chapter 3, verse 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? And, and so somehow in some circumstances, uh, Enoch and God got into agreement. I, I can almost imagine God said to Enoch, Enoch, uh, you're a great sinner. Enoch said, God, I agree. God said, Enoch, I'm a great savior. And God said, I, uh, Enoch said, I agree. And God said, Enoch, if you'll repent of your sins and trust me as your savior, I'll give you a great salvation. And, and Enoch said, oh God, I agree. And the Bible says by faith, through faith, by grace, Enoch was saved. Have you walked in? Has there been that time in your life when you walked in and your Christian life has begun? Oh, I remember quite well when my uh, walk-in began. I was sitting on the second row right behind the pastor where you're sitting, sir. And on Sunday night, and, and our pastor was preaching of the Bible about Jesus and salvation. And uh, a man came walking in that room that night, and he had a crown on his head, and he had a cross on his back. And he stopped at my pew and he said, son, what would you have me to do for you? And I said, oh, God, do for me what I cannot do for myself. And Jesus saved me that night. I walked out of that building tonight, that night saying, I'm on the way, the bright and shining way. I'm on the glory land way. Have you begun the Christian life this morning? Enoch walks in. 
the beginning of the Christian life. But now that's not the end of it. There's more to a walk. You know, I don't know how it is, but any walk, you start somewhere. But if you're walking, you start somewhere, and then you continue going somewhere else. Enoch walks in, but then Enoch walks on the continuing of the Christian life. Now, the Bible tells us several things about this Christian life. And it tells us how we can walk with God on a daily basis. Uh, You know, uh, over in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about Enoch by faith walking with God. And then it says that he had this testimony that he pleased God. Did you know it pleases God when people decide they want to walk with him? The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1 verse 10, It says, walk worthy uh, unto the Lord, walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. It pleases God when you walk with him. Now, you can't please everybody. You know, I heard about a politician who was on an airplane one time and he threw a he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a ten dollar bill out the window and I'm gonna make ten voters happy. And then later on, he said, I'm going to throw a $20 bill out and make 20 voters happy. Then he said, I'm going to throw a $100 bill out and make 100 uh, voters happy. One guy on the plane said, why don't you jump out and make us all happy? (laughs) You can't please everybody, but dear one, if you will make up your mind today and you will begin to walk with God on a daily basis, God will be very, very pleased with you. Now, could could I talk with you just a little, just down to earth, just us girls here? Could I I just talk with you a little bit about what's involved in walking with God on a daily basis? Uh, There there, there are three basic uh, things that take place if you're gonna walk with God on a daily basis. Now, I quoted Amos chapter three, verse three a moment ago, can two walk together except they be agreed? But the word agreed there can be translated, uh, can they walk together except they make an appointment? Uh, You you see, in those days, it was dangerous to travel with a stranger because it might be uh, someone who would rob you or, or murder you. So what you would do, you would make an appointment with someone you knew who was safe, and so you would agree with them And so if you want to walk with God on a daily basis, you need to get in agreement with God every day of your life. Now, here's how it begins. You begin that walk with God, and you can do this in the morning. You can do this Tuesday morning. You can do this every morning of your life. At the beginning of your day, every day as a Christian believer, you can get in step with God. Uh, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We get in step with God every day. You say, okay, preacher, how do I get in step with God on a daily basis? Well, Psalm 119, 105 says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word tells you how to walk in the light. And so as you read your Bible, the Bible throws light about how to live for the Lord. So start your day then, every day, reading your Bible. 
and talking to God in prayer. When you read the Bible, God's talking to you. When you pray, God, uh, you are talking to God. And you get in step with God every day. So here you are the day. And the day has begun and you're walking with God in step with him. Begin your day with devotion to him. But then if you're in step with God, that means you're going to be out of step with this old world. You see what I'm saying? Uh, now, now, there's a word for that, that that the Bible uses. This whole phase uh, of the Christian life uh, continuing, uh, the, the big word for it is sanctification. And under that big word sanctification is the word separation. If you're in step with God, you're out of step with this old world, that's separation. Oh my goodness. When you say separation to the average Baptist, they break out in hives. I mean, if there's anything Baptists don't want to be, is different. You know, they, they don't want to be different from everybody else. They don't want anybody to think they're some God freak, you know. And, and so, uh, but, but if you really want to walk with God, if you're in step with God, you're out of step with this whole world. Can you imagine how it was for Enoch when he started walking with God? Can you imagine how out of step he was with the day in which he lived? I can almost hear him now tempting him. Hey, Enoch, uh, uh, do you want to watch this dirty movie with us? No, 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 I'm, I'm walking with God. Uh, hey, uh, Enoch, do you want to come to our beer party? Oh, no, I'm, I'm walking. Hey, Enoch, you want to get, get your date with sexy Sally? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm walking with God. Now, there is a negative to separation. I've got to be honest with you. I'm not going to play games with you. There is a negative. If you're going to walk with God, uh, there's a negative side to that separation. Second uh, Corinthians chapter six verse seventeen puts it this way: uh, it, it says, "Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate," saith the Lord. In, in other words, if you're going to walk with God, I've got to be honest with you and tell you that there's some things that you just need to not do. There, there's some things that you need to get out of your life. If you want to walk with God, you say, well, there you are, preacher. That's the problem right there. I, there's things I don't want to get out of my life. Well, you know, really, when you get to thinking about it, there's only one thing you have to give up to walk with God uh, in your life. Do you know what you have to give up to walk with God? You have to give up sin. That's all you got to give up is your sin. You say, well, that's the problem right there, preacher. I don't want to give up my sin. You don't. That reminds me of a guy walking around here and right under his arm here, he's got a big old growth and it's getting bigger and bigger. Somebody says, man, what's that under your arm? Oh, that's, that's, that's cancer. Cancer? Yeah, that's my cancer. Well, it's getting bigger. Yeah, I know it is. Well, it's going to kill you. Well, I know it will, but I've gotten a sweet little cancer. I'm, I really enjoy you. Huh? Are you kidding me? That's what's causing you your problem in your personal life. That's what's keeping you from being the man and the lady that you ought to be. That's the problem in your home. Get rid of some things if you want to walk with God on a daily basis. But now Romans chapter 1, verse 1, Paul said, Paul, an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Same word, separated. You see, there is a negative Come out from among them, be ye separate. But there is a positive. 
that says, I am separated unto, separated from the world, separated unto God. When I was in elementary school, we had simple pleasures. The big thing going when I was in elementary school was marbles. Now, kids, all you young guys, girls over there, a marble is a little old round thing like that right there. And you had a bigger one called a tall. Any old timers identify, remember that? And the big deal going was playing marbles. I mean, if you wanted to make me late for class, all you had to do was draw a circle in the dirt and throw some marbles in, and I was in. And if you knocked a marble out, it was yours. You say, preacher, did you pray for keeps? That's none of your business. <laughs> I'm preaching this sermon. You just listen. <laughs> so one day I was down in the dirt with my marbles. And some big boys in the school came by and said, hey, Vines, can you hit a baseball? I said, I certainly can. I said, well, we need a first baseman. Why don't you come play ball with us? I put my marbles in the dirt. I went to something better. I've never been back. Listen, dear one, you're not giving up anything when you decide you want to walk with God. You have just made the choice and the decision to have the most fun and enjoyment and fulfillment that you have ever had in all of your life. I go, through, I go through airports and those people in security, they say, how you doing? I said, oh, I'm doing so good. I'm so happy. I feel guilty. I'm not more unhappy. Every day with Jesus. Can I have a testimony? A witness is what? Sweeter than the day before. I'm 86 years old. I was saved at the age of nine. You say, you don't look 86. I know that, but I'm thankful I don't. But anyhow, <laughs> I'm having a ball. Oh, listen, you guys and girls over here and you young people and you men, you'll, if you'll make up your mind to walk with God on a daily basis, your life will be a life that is joyful and fulfilled and, and happy. Oh, Walk with God, there's a negative. Walk with God, there's a positive. But then notice this. He not only lives a life of devotion, getting into the Word, lives a life of separation, but he lived a life making a proclamation. Now, over in Jude, verses 14 and 15, it says that he was a preacher or a prophet, and he preached the coming of the Lord. There it is. They got it up there on the screen. He preached the coming. The Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. He told people that the Lord was coming. Oh, by the way, that's the same testimony we've got. As you and I walk with the Lord and serve the Lord on a daily basis, we have a message to tell to our dear friends around that we want to come and, and walk to glory with us. And the glorious message is, the Lord is coming. One of these days, the Lord's coming. I don't know when Jesus is going to come. 
You know, it's an amazing thing to me. Jesus specifically said that nobody knows when he's coming, and yet we have all through the ages have people who've tried to predict when Jesus was coming. Back in 1988, before most of you were born, there was a guy who wrote a book entitled 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming in 1988. Turns out he was wrong 88 times. <laughs> we don't know. Isn't that right? We don't know when Jesus... Now, I know when Jesus isn't coming. I can tell you that. Jesus is not coming on a Friday morning. Because you see, Friday morning is my wife Janet's hair day, and if she hadn't had her hair done, she ain't going up. <laughs> oh, but she's put a workaround on that now. She's just, she said, but Amanda, my hairdresser, she's a believer too, so she can fix me on the way up. <laughs> We've got a message, and, and our message is a message. Jesus is coming, and why don't you just come and go with me? And the Bible says, the Great Commission in Matthew uh, says this, as you are going, that's literally the word, go ye therefore, as you are going, make disciples. Tell people about Jesus. Get people say, and you say to them, come then and join this angel band and on to glory go. Are you helping somebody else get on the road to glory? Adam, uh, Enoch walks in. That's the beginning of the Christian life. Adam, uh, Enoch, walks on. That's the continuing of the Christian life. And then Enoch walks out. That's the finishing of the Christian life. Did you see what it says in Genesis 5.24? Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. One minute he was here, the next minute he was there. One minute he's walking in time and space, and the next minute he's walking in eternity and glory. He was not, for God took him. And the book of Hebrews chapter 11 adds another little phrase. It said, he was not found, which means people looked for him. When you and I die, are people going to miss us? They looked for him. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a man named Nabal whose name meant fool, and that's what he was. And he was so obnoxious that when he died, King David heard about it, and David said, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm glad he's gone. Will people be glad when we're gone? In the New Testament, it tells us about a man named Stephen. And uh, the Bible says that devout men came and carried Stephen to his burial. He was missed so bad that the best people in the community wanted to have a part in his funeral. You and I ought to so live that when we're gone, people will say, I miss them. I miss them. I'm sorry they're gone. God took him. Now, we don't know exactly how that happened. We don't know the details of how it happened. But I know how it's going to happen for us. It's going to happen one or two ways. For us, it's going to either be by the means of resurrection or it's going to be the, by the means of rapture. See, we may die 
And if you're saved, if you know the Lord as your personal Savior, if you die, then there's going to be a resurrection. Uh, Listen to 1 Corinthians 15. You might want to jot this verse down because it just beautifully puts it all together. In 1 Corinthians 15, 52, it says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. Uh, That's the return of the Lord. That's the rapture of the Lord, uh, the, the, the return of the Lord. And then it says, and the dead, that's believers, shall be raised incorruptible, that is resurrection, and we, that is we who are alive, shall be changed, that's rapture. So you're either gonna die and be resurrected or you're gonna be raptured. I had a friend of mine some years ago call me and said, have you bought your burial plot yet? I said, bought my what? He said, your burial plot. I said, no, I said, I'm thinking about renting one. I'm not gonna need it long. But, you know, if I do die, I know where I want to be buried. I want to be buried at Walmart. (laughs) That way my wife, Janet, will come see me two times every week. (laughs) I'm in deep trouble. I'm in deep trouble. She may be watching. I'm in deep trouble. (laughs) We may die. But listen to this verse, Psalm 23, 24. Yea, though I walk, what's that next word? Through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, you're going down to the 55th verse of 1 Corinthians 15, and it tells us that when the Lord comes, Believers are going to have a duet to sing. Those who are alive and remain are going to go up singing, Oh, death, where is thy sting? And those who have died and been resurrected, we're going to go up saying, Oh, grave, you didn't keep me down. Where is your victory? I don't know which it's going to be. I've learned both parts so I can sing when I go up. How wonderful to be resurrected. But then the other choice, we shall be changed. We may be raptured. Somebody said, oh, now preacher, how can that possibly be? I mean, how how can somebody just be changed in a moment in the twin? How, How in the world is that possible? Well, you know, we have put a man on the moon. Uh, and with uh, seven and a half million pounds of thrust, 24,000 miles per hour, 233 miles away, God is able to trend, uh, a man is able to put another man on the moon. Cannot the God of this universe then gather up all of his children and take us? The Lord himself shall, shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall be raised first. And we who are alive and remain shall be raptured, caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wouldn't you like to walk with God? Wouldn't you like one of these days? Just think of taking a hand and finding it God's, of breathing new air, and finding it celestial, of waking up in glory,
and finding it home. I hope I've created a desire in your heart to walk with God. Do you remember the story, you've probably heard it, about the little girl in Sunday school and they ask her to tell the story of Enoch and in her little childlike way, here's what she said. She said, Enoch and God used to go on walks together. And some days, Enoch and God went down into a valley and looked at the luscious green grass and the beautiful flowers. And then some days, Enoch and God climbed a high mountain. And God told Enoch the names of all the billions of stars. And one day, Enoch and God were walking together. And they walked, and they walked, and they walked. And God said, Enoch, it's closer to my house than it is to your house. Why don't you come in and spend the night with me? And Enoch walked out and in, and he stayed forever, because in heaven, there's no night there. <laughs> now, one of these days, there's going to come a knock at your heart's door. And it says God is going to take us. One of these days, God is going to send death to knock at your heart's door. And God will say, I've sent death to take you. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you've never stepped in, walked in, death will be driving a garbage dump to take you to hell, the garbage dump of the universe. But if you know Jesus as your Savior, one of these days, old death's going to knock at your door and God's going to say, I've sent death driving a limo to carry you to the streets of gold. And it's Jesus who makes the difference. Could we bow our heads in prayer, our heads bowed and eyes are closed? Thank you so much for your attention this morning. And I believe beyond my words, there have been the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that there is a multitude of you today who will commit your life to walk with God. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do in a moment. We're going to stand. We're going to have an invitation song. And if you're here as a believer and you want to make a commitment of your life to walk with God every day of your life on a daily basis, I'm going to ask you to come and just kneel here at these steps or maybe the front pew. 
and just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm committing myself to walk with you on a daily basis. And then you can go back to your place. Maybe you'd like to join Mount Pisgah Baptist Church. Oh, what a great place to learn to walk with God. Just simply come down and tell the pastor or the other uh, ministers who are here, I want to join Mount Pisgah. They'll take care of all the details. And then there's some of you this morning and you've never been saved. You have never walked in. This can be the day you begin your Christian walk. Why don't you just come and say, I want to be saved like the precious girl did in the early service. Just tell the pastor, one of these ministers, I want to be saved. That's all you need to say. I want to be saved. And they'll help you come to know Christ as your personal Savior. And you can walk out of this room today on a walk with God. I'm going to ask you to come in a moment when we stand. Father, I pray that you'll move in this service. May the Holy Spirit have his way. May the people respond as you are prompting them in their hearts to do. May this be a great day of beginning or continuing for multitudes in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the preaching ministry podcast of Mount Pisgah Baptist Church. If you'd like additional information, please visit mtpisgah.cc.